Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and uh, today is kind of a fun day. I get to head down to California. I wish they all could be California girls. <laughs> That's my bad, my bad singing. Um, but this this guest today, she's been a part of our shift, and uh, I've been following her along, and it's kind of interesting at this time of COVID crisis and people closing. Um, there are some people that are still crushing it. And so I have, she has a really cool story where she's actually uh, like the busiest she's ever been at this new practice. So I really wanted to kind of dive in and get some inspirational stories because we always hear all the stories of trauma and stuff out there. I want to kind of get some, some, some uplifting stories so that I know a lot by the time this podcast comes out, offices start, should start to be opening again. So this kind of will give you some hope to get some juice to, to get things rolling again. So my guest, her name is Dr. Michelle Arietta. And she graduated from Life West in 2002. Um, she lives in, uh, she's practicing right now in Rockland, California. And uh, she, uh, she's come to, uh, I think, a shift immersion day with us. And we got to hang out with her and had a blast. And so I'm really excited to interview. So welcome, Michelle, to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored. <laughs> and I'm super excited because it is a great time to be a chiropractor. Yeah, it totally is. And again, I, I know uh, through the United States, a lot of offices didn't get shut down as much as they did in like the UK and Canada and Australia and stuff like that. But but you guys still got the hit. So we're going to get to your story though in a second. So I wanted people to hang around because she, she, she's crushing it right now. So just so you know, she's crushing it and we're going to give her the secrets later. But first of all, <laughs> we just want to, let's get back to your origin story. Like how did you get into chiropractic in the first place? Yeah. Um, so my first exposure to chiropractic was after, it was months after, after a car accident. Um, as with some friends, we were going to a basketball game where I live. We have a big canyon uh, in our area. So we live on in the foothills and uh, the game, the basketball game was across the canyon. And so we had a little accident uh, in the canyon Ooh. and thankfully we, would, we went into the mountain and not down the mountain. Uh, that was fine. Walked away went back to cheering, did everything. And a couple months later, I could not walk. I had such excruciating pain and dysfunction in my legs that I was doing homework with some friends after school. It was my senior year. I said, I got to go. By the time I got home, I kind of crawled inside and was laying because my dad had had a bad back. And so I grabbed an ice pack and laid on the ground. And my parents came home and said, what are you doing on the ground? I said, I don't know, my back hurts. And so the long of it is that my dad said, well, you're going to go to the chiropractor tomorrow and you're not going to mine because I think he's a little rough, but the, uh, which is kind of funny, <laughs> but the uh, chiropractor in my building sees kids. And I said, okay, dad, I was 17 at the time. And uh, I had had a couple other injuries earlier on in high school. So I had crutches. So I went in on crutches, went through that whole process, exam, x-rays, he adjusted me and I was able to walk out and I was like, this is freaking cool. And so I kind of obviously just stayed and he was one of those chiropractors that come when you hurt. And if you don't hurt anymore, come back when it hurts. 
And so I thought that's what it was. And so after, I don't know, six visits or so, I was like, I feel really good. This is great. I'm going to college. See you later. And uh, as the universe would have it, I moved back um, and thought chiropractic was amazing. Uh, after two years of college, long story, but basically I moved back uh, to this area and got a job working in a chiropractic office. That totally changed my life because those chiropractors were much more in line with wellness and the idea that you could have a chiropractic lifestyle. And so in that time, I was still having chronic headaches, migraines. I was still having, um, my cycle was super crazy. Uh, I was uh, sinus problems, allergies, like seasonal allergies year round. So they put me on Claritin. I was on all this stuff, just taking tons of like over-the-counter medications. And that all cleared up after about a year, like I realized I haven't had a sinus infection and I haven't been taking my Claritin. Like it was kind of mind blowing Mm -hmm. in that process. And then also seeing, um, what was happening in our office and those chiropractors were amazing and they still are actually, but they, uh, they also just take us to different seminars and stuff. So I got the chance to hear Dr. Joe, Dr. Joe Felicia, um, with Renaissance, him and Guy Reekman way back. And I feel this is funny because I always feel my, like I'm really young in chiropractic. And then I say things like this and like Renaissance, I know Renaissance is still around with Dr. Pallas and Dr. Uh, Ed Plentz, but it, it goes way back. And like, I'm yeah. like, well, Dr. Joe's gone and like Dr. Sid's gone and like all these people, it's like, Oh wow. I kind of go back a few years. Uh, but that's whatever. <laughs> that's how I'm feeling the same. Don't worry. It's like, right. seems like I'm, I'm like, just like a baby. I, and I'm like, Oh, maybe not. How did 20 years pass? Uh, <laughs> so I heard Dr. Joe speak and he, like people know this, like he was just really good at like revving up the crowd and like getting people inspired and like everybody should be a chiropractor and you should, you know, if it's, a, if you have this calling inside of you, you should like pursue that. It's your purpose. You need to step into it. And like, I just remember driving back from like, yeah, that's like, I'm going to do this. Like I'm in school, but I have to like figure out how to switch gears and get to a point that I can, I can be a chiropractor. So I worked in that office for about five years-ish and then started chiropractic school in 99. Oh, wow. And so um, where do you live? Because you went to Life West. So where did, how far away is Life West from where you live? Like two hours. Two-hour drive, eh? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. How did you pick Life West? Um, because, so my docs were Palmer grads in Davenport. Yeah. And they were super Palmer proud. I'm like, you have to go to Davenport. And I enrolled in, at Davenport. Applied and enrolled and like was ready to go. And then they said, if you don't go to Davenport, you have to go to Life West. And in that process, I met Dan Murphy because he's from Auburn, my okay. hometown. Yeah. And so I talked with him and I started meeting more people. And the real truth of it is, is that I started my, my uh, prereqs and with a bunch of people at New College. So any of you Life West grads know New College. It was an accelerated science program to finish up my science credits. Um, they were all going to Life West and it was fall that I was going to be starting. I would have started, I would have started Palmer in October. And so like, the idea you don't like the winters. Winter in Iowa after living in California my whole life, I was like, maybe not. Which is so funny because so, I went down to Palmer and I had the mild winter compared to the freezing cold winter in Canada. So that's pretty hilarious. Right? You're like, this is amazing. Like, I'm like, winter is only two months. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was kind of the nuts and bolts. And I ended up at Life West and I loved it. Uh, I was under the like presidency of Dr. Jerry Klum, who is an amazing mentor and leader in our profession who I, I mean, like everything just worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. I still, I did make a trip back to Palmer. So we got to see uh, the Fountainhead yeah. for Lyceum, but 
that was, uh, those were good times. That's awesome. So when you, uh, cause you've had three practices, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so, so tell us a little bit about, Oh, first of all, let's tell us a little bit of time you're at, at life West. Like, was that, how was your experience there? It was awesome. I still love life West. I think it's one of the best chiropractic schools. Mm-hmm. We kind of coined a term life West is best, but Uh, It was good. We were in transition. So when I started chiropractic school, we were at the old little elementary school on Via Barrett or Barrett or however you say, but um, it, you know, like, and I remember walking in going like, this is a chiropractic school. They had water fountains and toilets that were like two feet off the floor. (laughs) Like it was short, you go to sit down and you're like, Oh, that's low. (laughs) But um, there was such a spirit of like, family and community. And that's one of my big values is definitely community and connection. Mm-hmm. And so super great. And then we transitioned, we, they bought the building, uh, where it is now. Um, we started that and it's amazing if you go and I know even like the wave I think is at, uh, on campus this year, mm-hmm. if we're going to be able to have it hopefully with all this craziness, but, uh, the campus is so different. The trees are big. There's tons of shade. Like it was nothing. It was empty and just like this big warehouse when we started, but moving oh, wow. into that was a cool experience. That's cool. So, so, so partway through, you you switched over. Mm-hmm. So I did a year at the at the first school, and then my last two at the new campus, oh, which is now awesome. the the campus. There's no new campus. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So so you graduate, and and what did you, what did you do first off? Uh, how do you graduate? Graduated uh, back then. You couldn't take the California exam, but like every two months or something like that, and I had a little paperwork snafu. So I ended up going to work for another doc as an associate. Mm-hmm. Um, that quickly turned into a satellite office because I started to grow and there was an opportunity he took upon it to like put me over there. Um, and I grew that practice, uh, to a good hefty, like solid practice. I had tons of fun yeah. and it kind of hit a point that I was ready to make some changes. Uh, learned a ton, had a friend contact me that said, Hey, we should go into practice together. Cause she kind of heard I was thinking about doing something different. Uh, we ended up attempting to buy a practice in Sonoma County where wine country is here. Um, and that sale fell through. I had already left my associateship and walked out of that practice. So we decided to start from scratch in Sonoma County, in Petaluma. So I, uh, built that practice with her, uh, for, did that for 10, 12 years, 11 years, something like that. Um, and that was awesome. And I, you know, like there were so many good things to take away from that as far as like having a partnership and like big vision of like just sharing more, more chiropractic. Like in school, I was always visionary of like having a, a Sears, was it the Sears hospital or whatever? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. That they talked about and like, we should just have like huge buildings with tons of chiropractors. And I get pissed every time there's a big new hospital getting built. It's like, why are we not building ginormous chiropractic offices where there's tons of chiropractors working and so I love the concept of multi-doc offices for mm-hmm. sure. Learned a ton in that process. Got married in 2015. Uh, and we were just feeling called to move out of the Bay Area and get to a more spacious where there's more land and more openness oxygen and openness <laughs> yeah, and totally. all of that. <laughs> so in that, he said, let's go back up where you grew up because we've been up here and we're close to them. Like we're two hours from San Francisco or two hours from Lake Tahoe or two hours. Like it's pretty well located that on the weekends we can get out and do what we want to do which was fun so kind of led me here and started this in 2017 wow so we're just coming up on three weeks and three years in. and then you say like this week you've had your best week and then this new practice and then we did we just like this whole crazy covid stuff 
I mean, I don't know. It's so nuts. We took a big dip at the beginning and everything was kind of scary here in the States. Um, They did keep us as essential, but of course the fear for the gen pop, like the people, they, you know, they kind of freaked out and hunkered down and stopped coming in for those first couple of weeks. And we just really tried to keep showing up and I probably gained about, I don't know, 400 new gray hairs, but (laughs) I think I think there's been a lot of gray hairs in chiropractic around the world this last last little while. Oh man! And I'm so thankful, like for you and and Brandy, because your leadership and like just how you keep showing up and sharing your process is like so assuring and like okay, we got this. Like it's gonna be okay. Well, and it's funny because you know, kind of the old saying is misery loves company, right? So sometimes when people are belly aching, they like to hang around other people who are belly aching because it feels it makes you feel a little better. But the one thing is, if you're going through a big challenge in your practice and you realize that the world is going through the same thing, um, like it's not just you. <laughs> so, right. so like it, it does help you to realize, okay, this is just not me. Like this is everybody, and so like everybody's in the same boat, and so. We, we all, if we can kind of share what we're doing that's helped, that's helpful, uh, that we can all get things rolling again because we know, you know, it, during times of stress, people need us the most. And then that's when we're actually, they're taken away from us. So it was right. like a double whammy. So this is, uh, so yeah, so this is pretty cool. So, so let me, let me just go back. You've started three practices. So we were just talking before the call. You're like, geez, like if, if, if there's one thing that you know, it's, you know how to start a practice. So if you're listening and you are stagnant in practice or you're new and starting in practice or you want to grow your practice, you still need to have growth energy. And so I was just wondering, uh, what, what are some of the things that you did or the mindset you had when you, when you had to grow? Because you you you've now grown three successful practices over your career so far. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of having a coach like from the get-go. I think always having mentors or somebody that can like just help, you know, like I felt like chiropractic school was awesome in the sense that everybody's in it with you. Yeah. And you know, if there's a test coming up, somebody's going to help you study or they, if somebody understands something better than you do, they'll teach it to you. And there was all this like, like camaraderie and community to like make sure that you get through school. And all of a sudden you get through school and it's like, you have all these little islands of practices, right? And nobody's really there. And I feel like having a tribe or a coaching group or something like that is paramount. And so I think, aligning yourself with people who are like-minded mm-hmm. is super powerful. Um, I've evolved and like done a d- bunch of different coaches over the years. I'm grateful for all of them. I've learned from all of them. And I think the more I move forward, like some of the things I love about you guys is you speak my language of chiropractic and your passion for chiropractic and just chiropractic is amazing. <laughs> um, so I do love that. And it just feels really good to be with you guys. Um, so having a coach, uh, yep. and then you got to be good at what you do, plain and simple. Yep. Like you got to have the ability to adjust and get people well and tell the story, be able to communicate. And I, you know, I feel like passion and energy is what, what really does it. Mm-hmm. And the, if you had to pick two things like, well, passion and certainty, how about that? Yeah, totally. Well, it's funny because you can give somebody, you can give uh, like two chiropractors the same information and the same uh, procedures, and then they can say the same, kind of the same things. We don't, we're not really big script people because we kind of like people to talk about what their their concepts, but tell it in their own language so it's more authentic. But but yeah, you and I can tell in my practice too. In the past, like when I'm more on fire, I actually don't even I can even say less. And it's more impactful, right? And it's the hard thing because it's intangible, right? Like people always want to know what are the, what what do I do? Like what's the thing that I do? 
but it's, but like you said, the passion and, and the energy. So, so how, how would we on a daily basis, would you kind of, uh, take that passion and, and focus it into your practice? Uh, oh my gosh, that's a great question. So on the daily, like, I don't know, I show up, <laughs> how do you break that down? Um, or, or, or maybe it's a habit you created, right? Like, and now it, it just probably becomes is default, something right? I don't really pay much attention to, but I will say with all of this, like when I was feeling really like unsure of like our future and like, we tend to be a little bit more on the conspiracy theory side. Like we're kind of more woke about what's going on in the world. Yeah. And I'll admit that like I can let my mind run with that too. You know, it's so, like I'm hearing all this stuff and like my first thoughts are, well, crap, here it is. We're going, I, like I always said, I'd be one of those chiropractors that you take me to jail and like, I am not closing my office because it's our, you know, this is our livelihood. My, you know, like as far as for me and my husband and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, I was like, so this is what it's going to look. I wonder what it's going to be like to come get arrested because they are going to have to drag me out of here. <laughs> then I'm like, Am I willing to do this? Like all these questions start. Yeah. And then you freak out. You're like, are you, am I, am I catastrophizing it? Cause they're going to be right. busy if they have to drag every chiropractor to the jail. <laughs> totally. I'm like, do you fly? Like, so then there's that point, like how far under the radar do you fly? But do you really want to stay open? Like, how are we going to measure this out? Um, in all that panic, the one thing that I did, like that really like helped me reground was I pulled out one of my green books, which for me, like my love of chiropractic is philosophical. Yeah. I love what we, you know, I think the science is brilliant and I know I have a lot of friends that are like deep into the science and really like, I love the neurology too. Like it's all fun, but like if you ask me to like get nerdy on neurology, it's not really my strength. Yeah. I can appreciate it, but you know, like Michael Holloway, I know you guys are big fans, but like he gets it. He could break down anything for you. Right. I'm not that person, but so I, I literally, I have the bigness of the fellow within. I have, we have many green books, but that one in particular, I just get so much out of. And I have uh, also because when I was in school and we were doing seminars, I would take it with me. And so I have all these different chiropractors that wrote my green book and my bigness. And oh, no uh, it's kind of fun. I know. And I was like, dang, I stopped doing that. I should still carry that because there's still these really like great people that I still continue to meet and see and could fill it up. But just going back and like reading through some of those, one of them being Joe, uh, was in there. Sid was in there. Um, Fred Barge is in there. There just lots of other greats have gone before. And like, when you think about how amazing it is to be connected to those people that have like changed our profession and led our profession, I don't know. It just helped me to like ground and reading about innate intelligence and reading about like, we've got this and just understanding. Um, that was super assuring for me. And then stepping back into my practice to remember like how we communicate. It was already flu season. We talk about the flu of 1918, all like every flu season. I kind of feel like I bring it back up because reminding people and people knew and they started asking questions. Cause they're like, we know that you let us come when we're sick. Like, are you okay being here? And I said, yeah, of course, you know, yeah. because understanding those basic life principles and chiropractic principles about how, we are different and we are a place of, of life and about healing and about connection and community. Like I really saw that start to come out of that first dip as people started saying, I think we're okay here, which is really cool. That's cool. So, and I was just saying, do you guys have any like regulation like that you're having to do like with extra cleaning or with, um, I know I'd saw you've seen some mask stuff like we have to wear required to wear masks just during this yeah. period of time. Did you have any of that stuff that's that's in play in California? We did. Um, 
So I think there was a lot of talk. There's been nothing that I've seen like specifically below. It was mostly following the um, county health departments and seeing what they were saying. And so each county is kind of different. As far as the state goes, all chiropractors were able to practice. But really just taking the steps. So we removed, you know, we did this things like removing all the toys from our office, mm-hmm. any repetitive magazines or literature. So like I use a Pathways magazine from the mm-hmm. ICPA. So we removed all of those. We limited all of our like high touch areas um, yeah. that would have repetitive stuff. Uh, wiping down the tables every visit. Um, yeah, that was a good one. I won't say that anything more on that. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the washing of the hands, we take a temp at the door, which I don't know if we actually had to do that or not, but I felt like it gave people some peace of mind that we were doing some sort of screening. Right. So my CA just checks them right at the door yeah, and gets a temp on them. And as long as they're good and they pass the questionnaire, we, we have them instead of a sign in sheet and pens. That's the other thing that we did is we sanitize our pens. We bought like a hundred pens and they just use one and we kind of wipe them all down at the end of the night with sanitizer. It'd be like when you got a haircut before and they'd put those hair, the, the combs in that little liquid, kind of, whatever totally it is. Dip them. Yeah. That'd be, <laughs> that's so gross. So, so my, co- <laughs> yeah. I know, but my, but yeah, so my, we did all those little things, but aside, and then we, t- we slowed down our schedule because yeah. we were trying to, you know, they said you couldn't have more than 10 or more than six. Those numbers were kind of floating around and people were, people still are kind of nervous about people and it makes me really sad. Um, just being, but I, I want people to know that like we're okay and we're people and it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of social distancing here. So, yeah. So my question for you is, is, and again, some of the chiropractors out there have probably been feeling this is that, uh, because a lot of chiropractors, especially in like Canada, Australia, UK and stuff have been really forced to like wear masks and, and like I said, same thing with all the sanitization and blah, blah, blah. So it's very, um, pathogenic, like, and it's, it's almost forced you to kind of have a front of pathogenesis. And, and some chiropractors are feeling like sick to their stomach because they are feeling like they have to sell out their soul to the devil. Right. And, and so, oh, we'll, yeah. And so, and, and that's one of the things I think we've really helped help to do is just like, just do it. Cause you know, it like that for the people, they just need to feel comfort at that zone. But in your mind, how, how, how do you, um, like attack that where you, where you still do the stuff to, so that you don't get put in jail, huh? But, uh, but still, still be able to talk the message of chiropractic to your practice members. Yeah. Um, that was really hard. And thankfully I did actually, uh, one of my girlfriends was making masks. She has an Etsy store and I just got masks, but we have not had to wear them. I've had a couple people kind of question. They're like, you're not wearing a mask. And I said, well, this is why. Yeah. And this is what I know about the body and our health. And if you want to wear one, that's fantastic. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. And it's been hard because that is one that I just will not just jump into because I feel like, how do you come out of that? Right. Right. I feel like then we're going to have to wear these the rest of our life. That seems horrible. So we talk about it. And I think that's been a really, well, I don't like to talk this much in the office. It's been a great point of conversation to really discuss real health concerns and like what we're learning on two different spectrums and helping them to understand that in chiropractic and when we listen to innate intelligence and we know that we have an innate intelligence and that there's all this coordination of our brain and nervous system doing what it's supposed to do in our body, people have totally lost the fact that we have an immune system. So like, what does it mean to have an immune system? What does that actually do? What does it mean if it's a new virus novel? Um, Like that we still have it and it's okay. And so I think it's just been a really good teaching point for people. I don't know if it's truly effective chiropractic, but understanding health and their bodies and knowledge. And it feels good in that sense that people are like, 
okay, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Like I'm going to keep doing what I know to do. Yeah. And I said, that's absolutely it. And if you do want to wear a mask, go for it. And I'm prepared now if we actually go to that because it's getting worse here in California instead of better as far as the regiments go. Yeah. But they're opening the state too. So it's kind of, kind of well, wonky. And I'm finding that in some places too, like even here is that we were actually open this last week, but then we had more regulation come in. So it's, 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 it's interesting. And I think that typically happens is as the threat leaves, then all of a sudden it's like the, the, uh, the, the, all the rules get higher at the end. Right. right. But I think yeah. too, so, some of the people, again, they've just done such a great job at like totally scaring people so bad that, um, that it really for us to be just going in there and we've talked about this with our group is just to go in there and just talk the chiropractic message and kind of like go, that's all stupid. Like, you know, at this point <laughs> people would be probably, that'd be a little bit much for them to, yeah. to take. So I try not to say things like that. You know, nothing is stupid. Yeah. I just ask them to think about it. Like, what do you think this means? Why is it different now than it was eight weeks ago when we had more cases eight weeks ago and now we haven't had any, you know, activity for the last three weeks. If you actually look at the numbers, why do you think that is? Mm -hmm. And they go, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Wait, what do you mean? I'm not used to getting questions asked. I'm just used to being told what we're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) So, and we have that, I think as a profession, that's like our, that's our anchor is to help people to shift their thinking and to actually help them to think. So, yeah, and it's it's so so interesting here. Our our medical person for Alberta uh, just came out a couple of days ago, and they said that they're learning a lot from this virus, and now they're studying the COVID uh, conditions that why people have such a bad response when they do get the virus. Which we'll get some good information out of that because they're looking at nine separate conditions that if someone has that they are way, way more likely to have a bad response to the virus if they get it. And again, it's like high blood pressure, diabetes, um, hypertension. Like <laughs> it's like, it's the stuff that we talk about all the time. So I think, you know, especially once uh, people start coming back into the office and they start getting a little bit comfortable again, that's when you can start having that rapport back. Because I think we might, if like for us, we had like, we only could see emergency people so that there's about some of a, some of my regular people that I was seeing them weekly or biweekly forever. Um, they didn't qualify to come in and then they came back after six six weeks and you could see the tension in their spine. Um, they kind of got sucked back into that pathogenic model a bit. And so it takes a few visits for, to get them to kind of like, Oh yes, this is a safe place. And then it almost opens the door to be able to start those conversations. So I think it's, it's kind of like we gently get them back into those conversations talking about, Hey, yeah. there's the, there's the bug and there's the host and we are all about the host. <laughs> Absolutely. I see it too. Even though we've been open and like the people that have been with me have been with me through that but like the, the gyms are closed so yes people can go out for walks and they can do body weight exercises and stuff but like some of my gym rats like you can see a difference in their body yeah right people that are used to getting regular massage because massage is shut down right now in california yeah uh, they you can see it in their body just like how their regular lifestyle care and that i think is a great you know like whether it's that decline or that that maybe they weren't acute fallen over can't walk but what happens in this process has been key for, and they see it. And I know Brandy's posted about that, but it's so true that people are seeing how their health and their habits make all the difference in this process. And especially the lack of them, like if, if they're taken away from them. Yeah. Um, Cause we always say like the, the best thing is we can always preframe to people what it's like without being under care, but that's right. just, that's just the information you're getting. But when they are forced to experience it, 
Like it's that I've, so I've noticed that with people coming back after like six weeks and they're like, Holy smokes. I had no idea what chiropractic was doing for me until it was taken away. And, and, and that's, that's an amazing lesson. So this is kind of the positive, the silver lining is that that will never, they'll never lose that because that was the experience. And now they know it. They know that they know. It's ingrained through all that neurology, right? That goes like from frontal cortex, all that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Totally. As you just label off all the tracks, hundred percent. So, so like when you, when you kind of went into this and you had your first dip, um, I know it's kind of hard because it's not tangible, but what, what would you say were some of the, the key things? Because for you to be, you've been in this practice for three, three years now, four years? Almost three. Almost three years. And so for you to have your busiest week ever in this practice, like at this time, um, I know it's hard, hard to kind of wrap your brain around, but just tell me maybe about like what your mindset was going, like going into the dip, like you already said, it was a little bit scary. And then how did you yeah. start getting momentum coming out of it? Uh, that people need us. Yeah. That especially, you know, like I have a, a prenatal pediatric focus and uh, I really started thinking about those pregnant moms that are out there that right now they can't, you know, some things that we're facing is they can't have their partner in on their birth or they only get one person. So oh, like wow. they may have had a doula or something or they wanted two people at their birth, but now they get one. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them are saying none. There is actually a hospital relatively close that was letting them have two. Um, so finding out like all that process, but just the fear and like reaching out to those moms and making sure that they knew that they had a place they could come, that they could get person to person care instead of telemed. Um, yeah. some of my ladies that just started recently, like they were like, I haven't had an in-person visit with my OB. It's all telemed. And like, they kind of tell me this stuff, but people like to be in person. You know, I don't think that telemed is the way of our future. Um, so reaching out to those people, reaching out, to, like we sent a lot of emails out at the beginning and just trying to help people let them know what was going on and that we would stay open um, and understanding that in this stress response, like people, th- th- there's so much stress that people are experiencing in this process through all the, even just the change of life that we had to show up and be a beacon for them to get through and to continue to heal after this, because I feel like there's really going to be a big a big aftermath. And so just, I guess, having the mindset that we are essential more than ever to help people because more drugs isn't going to solve this and more whatever. And I'm just praying that like we can keep a hold of our people and let them know that they have a place that they feel loved and cared for ultimately. Well, and I can imagine that you're talking about new moms because I, can, I can't even imagine if you're having a baby for the first time and you don't know what you're doing and then you get ice, forced isolation, like that would be like the worst thing ever because typically that's when they need the most support, right? The most connection. So right. I, I, could, I could just imagine. Well, I just know just people in general are like, hey, I feel so excited. I, I left the house today for my adjustment and you're the first person I've talked to. I just saw a, a family yesterday and the kids had not left the house for I think six weeks. Like they, they hadn't even left the house, um, which again, and a lot of families are like that. Yeah. And so that, that's, uh, that's the thing is, and, and the interesting thing was with the one little girl was nervous to come into the office just because she hadn't been out of the house. So it's kind of like, you know, when you get tucked away, you kind of, it almost like, it's like a positive feedback thing where you feel like you're stuck away. Right. And, and we have to kind of create that environment where we're still, you know, following our rules so that we can stay open, but still trying to leave it a warm enough environment so they can get used to getting out again. Yeah. I had a lady and like, this is earlier on, like she's probably home for three weeks 
And uh, she said, she's a little older. And she said, I know I was trying to like do what I was supposed to do, but she goes, I've had zero human connection. She goes, I just need, she goes, I know this sounds really funny, but she says, I just need to be touched. And, uh, and I said, that's not funny at all. Like we're made for connection yeah. and I'm happy to be here for you, you know, like get on the table and like, you know, yeah. and that's what she wanted. She's like, I just wanted to come here and feel like she could have some human connection. And I think it's so powerful what we do that we lose sight of in the day to day. And that's probably still equally important pre COVID, but yeah. it's a, uh, it just became really glaring that our gift as a profession is so huge. Right. And I think just as far as increasing your certainty goes, uh, when you see those people that you've seen regularly that haven't been able to see you for a while and you see how much tension their spine gets and how they just they, they just torque up and everything just gets stuck together and you can tell they're not in a state of ease at all, that right. you can see the good work you've done. So I think it's just being aware of, look at all the good, sometimes the good work we do, we don't know. And that's the problem about being kind of in that vitalistic idea is that we're, we're in that salutogenic model where we're building health. So it's not like you're, you're, it's hard to measure it. Cause how do you know? Like if you, right. if you stay healthy, it's not how the do you hot know? low back that you're like, sweet, they're better. Yeah, totally. They, like I rock on crutches and they walked out without, that's amazing. <laughs> totally. But this is a, this is actually a huge example of, of, of you being able to see that effect and then come back and, and, and actually increase your certainty and go, wow, what I do is amazing. Um, and, and again, it also people, I, I, it's a lot of people we talk to who said, I've been a little burnt out in practice and I need a little bit of a break. And then all of a sudden you're forced with a six to eight week break. And then people are like, <laughs> I just want to get back to practice. <laughs> right. That is so true because in that process of like, if, if we're going to risk losing the ability to practice, like it makes you want to practice more than ever. Right. Yeah. You guys oh. lost it. Yep. And, uh, that's something that I was like, I'm so grateful to be able to show up every day and have a job job um but to to do and to to go for it because you don't realize and i think that's the saddest thing in a lot of the freedom around the world of whatever's going on is we don't realize even like with the patients like how well they're that vitalistic care is for them but how great is freedom when you never have to have it threatened to be lost yeah and you take that for granted until it is taken away until it is it's totally the same the same mentality in that and so it just i think it's just been a good cement of what we do and how we do it and that the vitalistic approach is so, so paramount to changing the world. Oh, hundred percent. Well, coming to the end, um, we have chiropractors from all over the world, uh, listening in and, and again, like a lot of them are coming in from being shut right down. Like I know Ireland and some of those places still haven't opened some provinces in Canada. By the time this podcast will come out, they will have just opened. But, uh, you know, you're kind of like ahead of, you're, you're ahead of the curve. Everyone's talking about flatten the curve. We're ahead. You're ahead of the curve as far as coming out of this. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So let's talk about a better curve, like the cervical curve. No, (laughs) but, um, Yeah, that's the better curve I want to talk about. I haven't even thought about that through all this. Crazy. Yeah, we should have said that. So don't straighten the curve or flatten it. You want to get the curve. But but what what would you have just for... This might be my June marketing. I don't know. (laughs) Totally. Hey, they're just brainstorming right now. Actually, that would be a good idea. But what kind of words of inspiration would you like to leave the listeners with uh, today to get them fired back up, to get open in their practice and get rolling again? I never feel super inspirational. Um, (laughs) You know, I just think like... I've said it already, like the gift that you have in your hands and the ability to connect with people and love on people, especially coming out of this because of the fear and the distancing and the isolation that people have been experiencing, like it's twofold. And it's, it is the chiropractic adjustment 
gosh, there was a great quote eons ago that I came across. It's the one, it's a BJ quote with love that the adjustment is love or love is the adjustment, something along those lines. But I just think that we have such an ability to really shift the consciousness of the planet and to help all these people. I mean, because it is a global issue. It's really cool to just step into that and be a part of us and love and honor our profession and the gift that we have to do. And like in pure unadulterated chiropractic, because they don't need any of the other fluff stuff. They just need you and your hands and a reconnection to innate to like live back into the earth, step back into their potential. So it's about as inspirational as I get. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's the basics, right? If you just stay, sometimes if we have too much uh, information, it actually clutters it up. So if you just stay clear to the point, that's, uh, that's more impactful. I think all chiropractors have, you know, no matter how you practice, like you're just a gift to your community. So honor that, remember that, like stay focused on who you are and what you bring because the world needs you. Yes, the world does need you. Well, thank you so much for uh, for spending some time with us on the podcast. I really appreciate it, my dear. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Look forward to connecting in person soon. Yeah, I know. Everyone's like, I can't wait to hug people and stuff. We just have to do it secretly now. <laughs> it's like the secret handshake or whatever. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay, my dear. You have yourself a wonderful day. And uh, and for everybody out there, um, I hope you're getting back rolling again. Um, and uh, remember, you're not alone because it's happening right across the world and, and our people need us. So so get, get fired on purpose so that you can continue to make the shift. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out. Thank you.